Hello, and welcome to the Project David podcast, a place where creatives wrestling with the Christian faith can come together to explore and discuss what it means to do just that. My name is Abia, and I'll be your host. We like the idea that God calls us to to seek out what makes a company or a ministry or a, a piece of information significant and, and gives it value, to search that out and to reveal it and to articulate it in such a way that, that people will be drawn to it. Um, and we, we kind of see that almost as a, as a prophetic gesture. So who we've got with us today is a man very near and dear to my heart. My very own father who brought me into this world, um, Barry Stander. I am your father. He is my father. No! Um, Barry is technical director at the Media Oaks, along with a bunch of unnamed little job descriptions, if I have it right. Yeah, that's what's on the business card, but um, I do a little bit of everything. It uh, feels like sometimes I'm uh, the janitor, and sometimes I'm uh, (laughs) a producer, and sometimes I'm a director, and sometimes I'm a creative director, and all the time I'm the technical director. Um, Now I know what you're thinking. What does a technical director do? Thanks for asking. Um, well, everything. A creative director, really, uh, a technical director is somebody that kind of enables uh, the ideas. So um, I I'm, take the ideas that people have, and sometimes I'm that person. Um, and sometimes it's somebody else, but then I find ways to make it happen. So I, uh, somebody would think of a shot we need to shoot or a, a production we need to do, and I will source things or make plans or build things that enables us to do that. So you use various kinds of technology to actualize ideas. Um, sometimes it's very high tech. Sometimes it's very low tech. Um, a piece of wood and some wire and some some duct tape and you can do wonders. Um, and uh, that's one of my personal favorite things to do is to try and really recreate something that would cost thousands or even millions of dollars to produce and do it on a shoestring budget and not make it look like it's done on a shoestring budget. Okay, so you're technical director and all of these other things at the Media Oaks uh, or the Oaks Collective actually. Yeah, we we rebranded. We had a couple of different legs or things that we do. We've got a, a purely 
um, ministry leg, and then we have a corporate leg, and we had different names for all these different things that we did. And then we just went like, no, we need to just give it one name, kind of sort it all out, and that that's the Oaks Collective. Um, and uh, if you're wondering, um, or if you're not even wondering, I'm going to tell you anyway, the idea <laughs> of the Oaks comes from Isaiah 61, and it's a it's a very rich, very dense piece of scripture, but um, it describes the, the people that the Lord brings back from captivity. Um, now, cap- captivity is different in our days, is diff- different from from physically being held captive in a foreign land, but that's pretty much what we are experiencing now, for instance, with COVID, where the world is turned upside down. And um, it's almost like a like like that kind of world, and the Lord brings his people into that world that's on its head. And um, Isaiah 61 describes how these people will rebuild walls, how these people will reunite communities and, and, and kind of do the things that makes um, makes God's people his people. And um, then eventually it says, and they shall be called oaks of righteousness, a display of his splendor. And um, we're those oaks. And if you're <laughs> displaying his splendor, you're one of us. Um, you're also an oak that displays God's splendor. So that's the, that's the mission statement. Um, yeah, you could say that it's it's we have a big thing for displaying splendor, um, but the the mission statement actually is revealing and articulating significance. That's um, beautiful. Yeah, we we like the idea that God calls us to to seek out what makes a company or a ministry or a piece of information significant and, and gives it value to search that out and to reveal it and to articulate it in such a way that that people will be drawn to it um, and we we kind of see that almost as a as a prophetic gesture um, we do work for companies that are are not um, necessarily what you would call Christian but but what they do is significant, and, and the kingdom is not just about telling people they should change their ways and stuff, even though that's part of it. The kingdom is also um, saving trees and uh, being good to nature and being kind to people, being fair in your wages. And if if you had a lot of time, we could talk about what the whole impact of the fall was in in Genesis two, and one of the things that that we see there that gets disrupted is is man's uh, relationship to being able to earn a living, and mm-hmm. as we help businesses to to succeed, we are bringing restoration to the initial idea of how the kingdom should be, where where man was able to earn a living. Um, and all of that is part of, of, of 
restoring the kingdom and bringing God's kingdom. And uh, people sometimes are building God's kingdom without even knowing it. And we like to, we like to um, bring that out and 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 turn something that people might not even intend to be that into a display of God's splendor. That's that's really beautiful. So, given all of that, that that is what you do for a living, I think it's fair to assume that you are a creative and that you are someone who wrestles with the Christian faith. Tell me, how do you, what does it mean to you to be a creative wrestling with Christianity? For, no, let me, let me go back to the first part. I think... Um, Creativity is something that um, we need to redefine or maybe rethink. If you think about creative people or people that would call themselves artist types and stuff, I'm, I'm not necessarily crazy about those people most of the time because they, they tend to think that there are certain art forms that lends itself more to creativity or creative expression. Where, um, again, if we go back to the beginning, if we go back to Genesis, we see um, how there's chaos and um, the Spirit of God hovers over it, the chaos, and um, and it, it this is in directly... The opposite of what, if you think of, for instance, the second law of thermodynamics is all about how things move from being organized uh, to being disorganized. The whole entropy idea and what what God does is he looks into the chaos and he brings order. And um, and that to me is creativity is that's. And God created the heavens and the earth. Um, so how does that play out? Now, sometimes that plays out in art, uh, but mostly not. That plays out in engineering, in architecture, it, uh, in town planning, in, in ways of getting people to commute better, um, it, it's one of the most chaotic things when when they're you look at uh, certain third world countries where where the rules of the of the road isn't very clear and not enforced and South Africa is kind of falling into that more and more um, and you see that order turning to chaos and God calls us to create. Um, by following his example and looking at the chaos and bringing order. And um, and that is creativity for me in its purest form. It's not necessarily um, just the arts, although the arts is a great way of, of doing that. And uh, so I hope I'm a creative person. I hope I bring order out of chaos. I hope um, art is really great when it clarifies, not when it mystifies things. And I think people sometimes misunderstand that and they think um, the, the 
the more gray you can make it, the less less interpretable it is, the more it's just your own feelings about it and blah, 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 uh, the more creative it is. Um, and um, and I, I love the ab- abstract and I love how that can communicate. But um, but I, I I love it most when it when art brings clarity, when creativity brings clarity and doesn't doesn't confuse people even more. So yes, as a creative, um, in that sense, I, I I am also a person that wrestles with with faith and issues of faith and trying to to see God more clearly in the midst of all the entropy that we are in, trying to to place God in the chaos, um, understanding that the chaos that we're in, the things that we see and, and we we live in and experience all the time is is not how God intended things to be. I think people tend to look at the the chaos and go like, I don't like God very much, and um, and chooses to believe in Him in some other form, because um, everybody believes, um, and it it's just who they make God out to be. Some people choose to be God themselves. Some people choose. Uh, another version or, or another form of God, um, but but we're all believers of some some kind. Um, I think not believing in God, between inverted commas, um, is probably I I have to think one of the hardest things to do. So I um, I think we need to communicate very carefully to people who believe differently from us um, and especially people that um, have abandoned uh, the construct of of how we understand God um, b- because we're all wading through this murky water and there are people that because of of a lot of things um are struggling differently from us and and we we shouldn't um judge them harshly for that um we we should lovingly and, and with everything within us strive to bring that clarity to them so that they can they can see God through the chaos they can find God in the chaos because um i know it's true in my life and i'm pretty sure everybody will will be able to agree um our our places that have anchored our faith was when we discovered God in the darkest places of our lives and i i can attest to that um and and just say um 
God was so gracious to me when I, when I didn't even have the energy to search for him, he, he was there for me. And um, in those times, and, um, and, and they come and go. Uh, they, <laughs> every now and again, you find yourself in a place where, where you're battling some really dark thoughts, some really bad bad ideas and things that have, uh, are deep-rooted in you. And, and God tend to find me there, come to me. And that's, that's kind of the story of the gospel. The world is messed up and, and Jesus came and he became one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, God, God coming into our world to come and show himself to us, stepping into the mess, into the messiness. Yeah. And in many ways, also exposing the ways in which we order the chaos. Because, I mean, oftentimes there's this, there's this brilliant John Green quote that says, everybody wants to leave a mark on the world, but the marks that people leave are often scars. And I think there are, we can very easily get so caught up in the order that we think we ought to be creating that we just create a different sort of chaos. And as far as I can hear, creativity then from your perspective, from your perspective based on how you're wrestling with faith requires humility. It definitely does. Uh, humility is also something that um, that that we we get imparted from God's spirit, but it's also something we get um, knocked into us with <laughs> the hammer of life. Um, you should be careful to think you're standing because you might be falling, um, and. Uh, people, people that um, struggle with humility um, very often are just reacting to uh, to feelings of of not being worthy and um, and and shame and guilt and those kinds of things often and and they kind of react in the opposite and it. Um, or feeling and, unable to trust someone outside of yourself. Yeah. Um, so humility, humility is is something, something that um, you need to recognize. Uh, but it's very much also something that you need to learn and something that you need to decide. Um, humility. A lot of people find a false humility in this idea of not being good enough or not being worthy and, and humility is not thinking nothing of yourself. Um, th- there are other religions that would take you there. Um, but humility is, is, is finding your actual worth and standing on that. And, um, and sometimes that just starts by, by going like, um, I don't love me, but God does. Uh, I don't feel loved, not even by him, 
but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust what what I read and what I hear and uh, and and sometimes when we do feel that way we need to we need to uh, share that with people and love people um, because there are times when people need to share in our belief and we must. We must believe it and feel it for the people around us as well. Uh, and then other days, when you don't feel it, uh, you must surround yourself with people who are feeling it on your behalf. And then, um, then we uh, we 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 oversimplify and overcomplicate this whole idea mm -hmm. of of loving people so much. Um, we we oversimplified by by not recognizing the power it has. Um, it has universe changing power. Uh, love is such a powerful thing, and we we read over where it's written about in the Bible, sometimes too casually. Um, uh, but we also overcomplicate it very much. It's it, it it it's not a complicated thing it's just um we must must decide it we must decide we're going to love people um we're going to sacrifice for people cuz love is sacrificial um giving up your rights giving up what what you stand for sometimes sometimes giving up what you earn uh what you've worked very hard for um for the sake of somebody else um love sometimes is when you're when it's difficult for you to be strict with somebody uh love can be um to to not tolerate uh somebody acting in a way that does not represent love mm -hmm. uh, and that and that can be harsh that can be um hard especially in in the business world where we find ourselves where we where we need to actively pursue a culture that um that represents God's kingdom and 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 that that is sometimes very hard because you have to be strict about it. You cannot tolerate certain things because in any culture, the principle is you become what you tolerate. Mm. So just letting things slide and throwing it over the bow of, of grace um, is also not acting in love. So sometimes having the difficult conversation with somebody, sometimes letting somebody go is an act of love. Um and those things are hard. And it's an interesting tension to go back to what you said in the beginning of this whole sometimes love is. Uh, you said sometimes love is not standing up for you, what you believe. And I thought that was interesting. What, what do you mean by that? And how do you manage that tension between? Uh, well, First of all, let's let's just talk about the whole idea of managing tension. Um, Andy Stanley kind of spoke about that, and that just drove something home 
in me the idea of certain things are problems to solve and other things are attention to manage um certain things you 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 can solve there's an answer for it and you do it and it's over other things is is this tension that you that you are going to have to live with um now that that tension is is an ever present thing uh but a lot of people veer away from it they tend to want to go to a place where where there are very strict absolutes and we find lots of security in absolutes um so they they're not bad this isn't pointing fingers and saying you you people mm-hmm. um uh, but us people <laughs> us people um but but then there are things where you have to you have to manage it you have to t- take this tension and kind of work with it um and sometimes you have to you have to weigh um things up against each other where there might not be a good outcome as one of the two outcomes it might be a bad or a worse outcome and i think in covid we've seen people uh, dealing well and dealing really badly with this idea of there are two possible outcomes a bad outcome and an even worse outcome and you have to then realize if you choose one the best case scenario is people are going to criticize you because the outcome is bad and um and that sometimes happens in in just day-to-day situations as well and now you have to you have to weigh outcomes and go like i'm going to have to i'm going to have to end up here because i don't want to end up even further back and um and, and that might play out just by wanting to be right because mm-hmm. it's um it's easy to be right and um and unkind uh it's easy to be uh very strict and be unkind it's hard to be very strict and very loving it's hard to um to guide somebody through a process of change and at the same time stand for what the person might not believe in mm-hmm. uh, very topical now is racism yeah it's is very easy to just go racism is wrong and um and and not make new friends of different races yeah um so you can post all the right things on instagram you can black out whatever but rather just make a friend with somebody from a different race um and that's or look at how you treat people yeah it's 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 very easy to put on a veneer of a certain thing it's very difficult to change your thinking yeah 
And, and sometimes we, we want to stand up for what is right. And we want to skip, bypass the, the, the process of changing the way we think. Uh, or when we, when we journey with somebody, we want to skip the process of leading them out of it. For instance, the racial thing. Um, how do you love your racist uncle? Like, how do you love your racist uncle that doesn't think he is a racist? Yeah. Because um, his first step would be to be lovingly guided to a place where he realizes, oh, hey, wait, that thing I do, it is actually racist. And it's deeply, deeply wrong. Or subtly wrong. Yeah. Because um, most of us don't don't live in the far extremes. We live mm. we live in in the subtleties in the middle. And and those are much harder. Those are much more difficult to, to steer through, much more difficult to wade through. And and what I meant with sometimes you have to um maybe not stand so strongly on on what you believe is right um is you have to remember when when Jesus came John 1 um describes Jesus and it says this incredible thing this mind bending thing about Jesus and it says and he came full of grace and full of truth now truth is Racism is wrong. Grace is that thing that is going to lead somebody out of it. Grace isn't uh, it, anything goes. Mm -hmm. Grace is, is, is that process of taking somebody's hand, meeting somebody where they are at, and then guiding them through it. Mm. Um, Telling the truth about who they are in the midst of what their sin is like because your sin is bad but who you are ultimately is a beloved image-bearing child of god yeah and not saying it like that because <laughs> because <laughs> ultimately um it's god's kindness that leads us to repentance and and it's our kindness representing God that will lead the next person to repentance. Um, and this isn't like anything goes, but this is now I'm going to work at it to be Christ-like, to, to be like Jesus, full of grace and full of truth and wading into the tension. Because those things... Um, are um, not, not opposites, but they often play out in opposite ways. Um, and and finding finding ways to to really graciously and truthfully guide people, or journey with people, or reprimand people um, or be reprimanded or be reprimanded those things are are hard 
um, and we must we must acknowledge it. It's it's hard. People aren't um, just doing the things they do and behaving in the way they are because they want to be spiteful or they <laughs> want to be mean or they. And there are people like that, but get them out of your life. But even they uh, have stories. Even they have stories. Um, but more often than not, mostly, people are where they are because um, our, our sins, uh, we tend to think of them as as like little pockets of evil that we've left um, that we have to root out like like terrorist cells where actually it's 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 more like an illness and 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 god's not like like the cia taking out our our evil cells one by one he's He's our dad, and, and and when when you guys are sick, it hurts me. Um, when you guys are are dealing with an ailment, I wish I could take it on me. Oh, guess what he did. <laughs> uh, so, so so there's there's this this thing where if if we could if we could look at it like that, if we could look at we we don't go around um being mean to people because they contracted a, a illness well people have but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but hopefully you're not one of those people yeah but 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 we but but we then then mm. lovingly um want to want to journey with somebody through their process of recovery and um and that that's kind of where we are at we're in this process and and again this tension where we we have been made new and we are being made new and and that tension is something we we have to deal with we are new creations yet the work that began in us will be finished on the day of Christ. It's it's a it's a work in progress although it's finished. <laughs> we are healed although we are sick. Peter Rollins once put it very well. Um as we evangelize we um how is it exactly? As we evangelize, we recognize that we also are in need of being evangelized. Yeah. Um and and in all of that, just constantly realizing that that God is stepping into our lives, uh, reaching into the dirt, into the viruses, into the and and pu pulling us out of it, um, and and that that helps a lot to look at other people differently. I think. Uh, it's really, really difficult for people who struggle with pride in the sense of of thinking they can do it by themselves because they don't don't see that. They don't they don't see 
how God is reaching into their dirt. And, and it makes it difficult for them to reach into other people's dirt. And again, it's something we must um, lovingly engage with those people. And I struggle with that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, um, the, the problem is it's very, very easy to be proud of your humility. Um, and we must, we must just see that all for what it is. And, um, and as we, as we clarify things, as we, as we clean up the chaos and get clarity and and see more clearly what God has intended us, we are both struck by God's love of how he how he cleans up our mess, and at the same time we are we are struck by how amazing. It is when we see the clarity and we see how things are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And the more we can do that, and I think this kind of goes back to the very beginning, the more we can we can bring that clarity, the more we can fight against, work against the entropy that wants to bring more chaos, the more we can clarify. Um, Manage tensions. The, 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 yeah. And, and clarify the way it, God intends it to be, um, the, the more we're going to be life-bringing, life-giving um, in, in our artistic endeavors, whatever they are. And, um, and, and sometimes as artists in this, I now bring to to people who um are in the performing arts or um whatever art form uh, as opposed to the engineering side we tend to think if we could only um portray life the way it is we're true artists um but that is that that's actually missing the point because how it is is not how it should be uh we shouldn't strive to just represent life the way it is because um our work is to bring into this world that which should be and art tend to bring into this world uh whatever it represents and so often we tend to to think, but if I only portray things the way it really is. Authentically. Authentically. And just dig deep into those <laughs> dark places. People will truly see the art. And that's unfortunately what we bring into our world. And we don't bring clarity and we don't bring life. But if if we... If we set our minds on on how God intends things to be and we search that out and we bring that clarity, we bring that life. Um, and this isn't hocus pocus, um, I'm going to speak life now and everything's going to be good. I'm going to 
speak to my bank card and suddenly there's going to be <laughs> cash in the ATM machine. It's it's not um, that kind of of truth that I'm or speaking things into being, but um, but there there's a lot of power in in what we um, what we bring into life. C.S. Lewis, we are the stories that we tell about ourselves. Yeah, and 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 we can we can make the world better by telling the stories that are better rather than the stories that are worse. Um, not because they're magically going to transform the world, but because we need to see those things, we need to interact with those things, and we need to bring it into being. Mm-hmm. Um, we, yeah. we, can, we can pray for people to have enough to eat in this time, uh, or we can just pray that God will help us to be stupidly generous. Um, and, and, and trust God that as we're giving uh, amounts away to car guards that we usually wouldn't, that he will provide and he will provide. Um, so we're, we're bringing food to that person's table by praying the right prayer, by, by, by allowing our prayers to change our behavior instead of trying to use prayers to twist God's arm. Because yeah. um, prayer isn't about um, getting God to do what we want him to do. Prayer is about aligning us with his will and then allowing him to do what we cannot do because his will is bigger than what we can do. And if I can just go back to the authenticity thing very quickly. Yes. Um, I think um, our, our listeners should not misunderstand you in saying that oh, we don't... <laughs> That we that an artist shouldn't seek to also portray things as they are. I mean, I what I just immediately thought of was the Book of Job, the Book of Job, and so many, so many parts of the Bible start by confronting, by showing suffering and by showing the evil of the world and by showing people's hurt and people's ugly sides of their stories. That that's where it starts, but that shouldn't be where it ends. Yeah, uh, we we should we should lament lament laminate. That's when you put pieces of wood together with glue in between. Laminate uh, the world. Yeah, laminate. laminate the sins of the world. Yeah, just just make it stronger by by gluing it together. Uh, no, lamentations is such a wonderful, powerful um, example of it. Uh, it's not. Um, not acknowledging the hurt. It's not saying everything is good, everything is wonderful, there's no problems. But but it's saying like, you know what, these problems, um, there are things that can be more powerful. This hurt inside me, it hurts so bad, but there are things at work in this world that is greater than the pain. There are things at work in this world that is more powerful than the hunger I'm feeling now. And uh, 
way that I try to deal with that, I, I try to read the Psalms in the tone of voice that it's written. I don't think it was written, how long will the bad people have all the success and will the good people suffer? I think there's a cry, how long, how freaking long? I cannot, <laughs> and then realizing. But in all of this, God is at work. In all of this, God has put people around me that playing their part in representing him. In all of this, I have a part to play. Mm. Um, sometimes I'm the one that's down and out. Sometimes I'm the one that needs to help the person that's down and out. Um, and, and, and those are, those are important things. Not, not recognizing the bad, but the bad isn't the end of the story. The bad isn't the, the ultimate point, uh, because in all of the chaos, God has put us here to like his spirit hovering over the chaos, look at it and go like, this is not what I intended. Let's bring order to the chaos. And it's so interesting to me that we've been talking so much about managing tensions throughout this podcast and that that managing of em entropy isn't according to your definition of what creativity is those everyday actions of saying do i stand up do i submit do i speak up do i let it slide do i help or do i rest and be helped yeah that that all is then a managing of chaos and that's all then creativity absolutely absolutely thank you so much for joining us today it was so much fun to hear your perspective and it's just so nice to be able to talk to you uh it's wonderful to talk to you and um i'm glad i've been blessed to have had these conversations with you for a very long time and i trust that God will use these conversations, these podcasts to to steer people into lives of significance. Um, it will activate people to to choose to live big lives, uh, take big risks, do big things that will bring big change to the world. Even if they are big little things. Yeah. Some of the biggest things are small. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Project David podcast. If you made it this far, well done. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It's been really cool to me climbing out of this conceptual box that we put creativity in. I, I think all of the episodes so far have been sort of outside of the regular stereotype of creativity. But it's so cool to see the possibilities that open up when you expand your definitions to include more people sometimes. Anyway, without getting too philosophical and having broadened my definitions, if you are someone who considers themselves a creative and you're wrestling with the Christian faith or faith in general, I'd love to talk to you. So if you want to share your story, you can go to my website, 
wix.com slash project david podcast or to my instagram and shoot me a dm this platform is about sharing stories in order to find a place of belonging and manage the tension between expressing yourself and glorifying god so thank you for being a part of it